0: esteemed audience welcome to another episode of middle grade ninja i am rob kent the author of banneker bones and the giant robot bees uh, which as you surely know by now is available in paperback Uh, Is available as an audio book narrated by the wonderful David Radke. Uh, And the electronic book is permanently free to download across multiple platforms. So whenever you're watching or listening to this, you can get a short copy of Banneker Bones and the Giant Robot Bees. Uh, Think of it as uh, an Iron Man, Batman type character at age 11. It's a good time. It gets you all set up for Banneker Bones and the Alligator People, uh, which will be coming out yet this year, as well as an untitled surprise third Banneker story. Uh, Under the super secret pen name, Robert Kent, I've written the young adult novel, All Together Now, A Zombie Story, as well as All Right Now, A Short Zombie Story. Uh, And then I've also written a very Stephen King-esque large volume, The Book of David, which is available as five separate serial novels. The first of those serial novels is available to download for free as an e-book. Uh, So if you like middle grade fiction, but you wish there was just more profanity more violence, more more all adult subject, the Book of David is where you want to head. And then lastly, always make sure you go to check out middlegradeninja.com. You can read interviews with hundreds of literary agents, editors, and authors, uh, including today's guest, uh, Amy Tipton, who I am so excited to have on here. Amy, how are you? Good.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me
0: it is an absolute pleasure uh amy is a former uh, literary agent and she's uh, started a brand new exciting editing adventure uh amy why don't you just go ahead and tell us a little bit about about your background and what you're up to now
1: oh okay well i was a literary agent with fine print and 2009 i left fine print to go to signature literary agency with ellen peppers and gary height Um, They were great. I was there for like almost 10 years. I've been an agent in publishing for like 13, 14 years. I've been agent probably about 10 or 11 of those years. And then I went on to Start Braille Girl Books, which I'm doing right now. It's an editorial service for women and women identifying gender queer, all of these writers that are amazing and talented and really like i feel it's a necessity like it was born out of a necessity so i'm making these services available to these people um these other writers just for the fact that cisgendered like wait straight men get like richer faster in this industry. So I'm here to, like, help, like, those other writers.
0: But Amy, what's going to be available for the heterosexual white men like me?
1: There's all (laughs) kinds of books already for you. Um, But also, I have, like, things in the works for, like, helping male writers as well, like, doing something in the summer maybe for them, but it's barely an idea. Right now I'm focused on females of all types. Um, I want to help like them with the wage gap. I know that it's an expense. I know that you're thinking, oh, it's a luxury item. Oh, it's hard to get an editor. But really like Audre Lorde said, like poetry is not a luxury. While well, writing is not really luxury, it's a necessity. And so we need all of these voices out there to help other people with the same problems. So that's where I'm coming in. I know that I was born on the West Coast. I, well, I wasn't born on the West Coast. I was raised in California. In the 90s, I came from age, like in high school, in the 90s around the Red Girl Movement and became Kill was like the end of be all to me. And Kathleen Mann is the lead singer and she believes like archiving is a vital feminist act. And so do I, like that is where I don't want women to get erased. So I feel like we need to pick up these voices. Like we need to start building our own canon in a way. Like women need to come together and start writing from different economic backgrounds, different able, like I'm disabled so, I'm big on disability. Um, I am really big on just like getting all POC voices, all kinds of POVs, perspectives out there for these people's read. I don't want anyone to be left behind. So it's important to see yourself. It's important to be represented.
0: All, all joking aside, I think this is a an important thing that you're doing, uh, and it's good that you're out there providing this for this specific underserved group, because the way that we're going to change our society is to change our uh, perspective, and that begins with the sort of art that's available for us to intake, so good for you.
1: Thank you.
0: Hi, <laughs> uh, Amy, I'm going to say some more nice things about you. I want to... Uh, pick uh, your mind about editing and publishing. I've got all sorts of questions lined up for you, but I do want to thank you specifically because when you were a literary agent with uh, Signature Literary, uh, you were the first ever literary agent to be interviewed on MiddlegradeNinja.com. I think I was in contact with you because I wanted to get to Courtney Summers, uh, which is, who was is also available at MiddlegradeNinja.com. What a wonderful interview! Uh, and you said, "Well, hey, would you ever want to interview?" Uh, and I'd interviewed—I don't know, fifty plus authors at that point, uh, and you said, would you ever want to interview a literary agent? And it was just like a light bulb went off above my head. Like, oh, yeah, I bet I bet people would love to read interviews with literary agents, and they absolutely haven't. Every literary agent that has ever appeared at MiddleGradeNinja.com uh, has only been because you took that first step um, and, and and made it uh, okay. You know, somebody as cool as Amy Tipton uh, is appearing in middle grade ninja, I would imagine other literary agents to be thinking I guess I could I could do that as well so thank you so much for that and thank you also you are thanked in the back of Banneker Bones and the giant robot bees uh, because back in the querying days um, I used to do the uh, super sneaky thing of hey I want to be on my blog also want to read my book I uh, regret nothing. <laughs> I Uh, And uh, I had uh, struggled uh, with an early draft. There were too many characters being introduced and and too many relationships. Uh, And one of the uh, central things of of Banneker Bones is it is about uh, an interracial family just like mine. Um, We've got a a white husband, a black woman and Banneker himself of course is, is biracial like my son. And then they also have an adopted daughter who's Chinese. Uh, and so I had gone through a, a couple of different paragraphs trying to point out to, to people that would that would wonder when, how how do, how do you get Chinese from a, a black uh, mother and a and a, and a white father? Uh, and it was your idea to just have her say, I'm adopted. And it was such a wonderful moment. It's one of my favorite lines in the book, because it's such a very linked thing to say. And it really illuminated the character for me. Is, oh, she would be proud of that. She would walk up to to, to, to new people and just say flat out, I'm adopted. I was a wonderful line so I want to vouch for the editing services of Amy Tipton they have helped me out tremendously they will help you out as well uh, and let's uh talk a little bit about some other folks you've helped uh because you helped uh, Amy Reed, um you've helped Courtney Summers you've helped a lot of other clients in fact I want to start there uh who are some of the authors that you've worked with as a literary agent if, if that's comfortable
1: yeah, like I mean, you have my entire list. So you know that I've worked with Courtney. You know I've worked with Amy. You know that I worked with Kristen Cronmills, who also is like an amazing writer. She won the two thousand and fourteen Stonewall Award. So, like, I have a really good like like credit or like what they give bring to the table like they give me like i am honored to work with these people in these books katya jeff I don't know how to even pronounce it because he told me emo, but um, Katya is like doing what the woods keep, which is my first sci-fi thriller, mystery, whatever you want to call it. It's really good as what you want to call it. Kayla um, Ancrum is another amazing author. And like, I have a huge list of people, Scott is on my list, Kathy, Cooperman is on my list, Marcy Blackman was on my list. Um, I just, I worked with all kinds of people. Um, And people you might not know, like I did before, uh, like before they became famous, before they have books, they found like me first. Um, I worked with Victoria Schwab, I worked with Tara, mafia i've worked with dc e. whitney i worked with suzanne young like i've worked with a lot of people and know a lot of people <laughs> so i do i have a really good background i have a really strong background of editing and i'm more behind the scenes so therefore i have quite trying interviews <laughs> like this and like I do feel weird. I had a stroke in 2009, so it affected my voice. And I do not like talking because of my voice. But, you know, like, I'm not going to pass up opportunities. I was freaked out, like, before 2009 when I had a fine voice. But I wasn't going to pass up the opportunity, like, working with you and being on your middle grade ninja i was like you know i'm gonna do these interviews i want to be seen i want to be heard i'm gonna fight for like my right to talk and like be seen and i think that's also why Far girl books is like so me. like it's exactly where i'm supposed to be and who i'm supposed to be
0: I think you're uh, doing a wonderful job. I can absolutely hear you. I can absolutely vouch for your written and uh, editing abilities, Um, but I'm uh, hearing you very clearly. I'm sure that the listener is as well. And I want to know, um, I want to peek inside your mind and know some of what you know over 14, 15 years experience of working with such great authors. In fact, a a follow-up question uh, that I wanted to ask you, because you have worked with a lot of superstars. I always uh, put Courtney Summers up front because she thanked me in the back of this is not a test. Uh, And that's one of my proudest moments. I'm more proud of my name being on that that book book. than I am on my books. (laughs) Oh my God. I I bugged Courtney, I think five or six years. I said, please write a zombie book. Please write a zombie book. Please write a zombie book. And she was already a zombie fan, it just worked out that she wanted to write a zombie book, but she was nice enough to to pretend that I, I maybe had something to do with nudging her in that direction. And it was a wonderful book. Um, but what is it that in working with so many of these wonderful authors, are, is there a specific quality um, that you can sense in an author? Or what, what are the qualities of a successful author that you've noticed from working with so many?
1: I just have a really good eye, I think. Like, I have a keen and discerning, like, I for potential like I was known randomly like three authors wrote me and asking me about agenting I was kind of like said I was the Mr. Rogers of agents like I like Mr. Rogers would build up confidence and like set you off into the world you know like both like be confident in, in yourself. I was kind of like Mr. Rogers in the way that I would nurture writers for these long, successful careers. Like Courtney came to me and she was amazing from the start, like very talented. I enjoyed the first book, obviously I sold it. I love the book Cracked Up To Be, will always be like the end all be all for me. but. Um,
0: I don't know how these things are decided, but if I get a vote, I go ahead and vote that that is is already a classic young adult novel.
1: (laughs) It's such a classic. I love that book. But, um, like, this is not a test. You can see a progression of, like, that's her fourth book. So you can see, like, from the beginning to, like, this is not a test to how, like, she set things up. Like, the pacing on that book is so incredible. And I was on the edge of my seat reading the draft, just reading it. I was like, this is really good. And I'm not sure how much I had to do with that book, but I was in the book. Like, I'm a character named Miss Tipton. I think it's page, like, 82 or something. I was like, if that book becomes a movie, I'm Meryl Streep. Like, that's (laughs) like me. Meryl Streep. She's got to be me. (laughs) We're laughing about that. But I actually, like, came up with the title. Like, that's how involved I am with. Like your process of working with you on your books, I came up with the title "This Not Test" because she had in the book like they were calling the service, and one of the characters said, um, "Tina is whatever uh, the b word or something," and I was like, "Tina, oh." I said, because like, Tina, this is not a test. And I was like, are you doing that because of this? And she was like, no. And I think it's just subconscious she was, but I brought it out and said, this is what your book should be called. Like Some Girls Are was originally titled Some Girls Are Just. And I was like, let's cut off just. So yeah, she wrote that title, but I like cut off the last word and helped with the title. So I'm really hands-on. If you want me to be a hands-on agent, I was really hands-on. And that's why, again, I think I'm really good editor and editorial service person, because I offer all kinds of like, Nurturing and support. Yes, I give memes. I give gifts. I send you videos. I talk trash about TV. Like, <laughs> which I is talk, an
0: important quality.
1: I, I'm fun. I'm a fun person. I'm very friendly. I'm very open. So I am going to communicate with you and I will give you as much hands-on experience as you need. Amy Reed is a different story. I didn't really have to do much with her because she didn't want much. She was really talented. She's an incredible writer. And I think it was more business-oriented stuff for her. Like, I didn't send as many memes or gifts or YouTube videos <laughs> or whatever but i would talk more to editor for her and i would talk about advances i would talk about nitpicking contract stuff i would talk about royalties like things like that like more for her and then courtney uh she was incredible and she's talented and she's amazing and she didn't need as much but we like collaborate we work really well together we became really good friends and so therefore yes i send her memes and gifts and videos and um we're like a mr rogers t- now she's off to some other agent and she's gonna have a really long successful career and I think that's also because she's driven, like, that's who she is. And I think all of my authors are very driven people, and that's who they are. They're going to have really long successful careers. And I built that foundation, and I'm really proud of building that foundation for
0: them. So what uh, what's the difference, just in practical terms now, of working uh, with people as... Uh, an editor and just an editor as opposed to an editor slash literary agent?
1: It was really hard for me as a literary agent because I'm only one person and I worked out of my office. And yes, I had colleagues, but we were a very small agency. So you're basically, uh, when you worked as Signature or Fine Brand, we weren't huge we didn't have like our royalty contract we didn't have a contract place we didn't have a film person or an audio person so all these jobs fell on me like i was not only your hands on literary agent but i was doing audio for you if we kept those rights i was doing film for you if we kept those rights and you mostly keep those rights um if your agent like is good or whatever <laughs> um, it's okay you can say it you're on here because you're a good I agent like good agents do. <laughs> yeah, right? but you know like i'm only one person and we have a really one-stop shop culture like a really fast food culture where the writer is going to come to an agent and expects them to do everything for them. And it's like, it got to be an insane workload. It's really a lot of stuff that I was like juggling like subs and doing submissions and following up with those missions and following up is really frustrating because You have editors that don't read your work or they haven't read it yet, or they just flat out ignore you. And like doing that and talking to them about advances and publishers don't like obviously to give you big in like advances, even though writers deserve them and deserve all the money in the world they're not willing to like budge. i maybe able to give you like a bonus clause in your contract. But it's like, I don't know, looking at all the things I was doing, I was like, oh man, I just want to, like, I'm not really this person. I really am creative. I'm really hands on collaborating. And I want to read basically that's why I got in this job is to read and uh, like make books and make them better. So I was like, I'm not a suit. I didn't go to school to be a number cruncher or like any of the things that you're supposed to be doing as a literary agent, like I'm not a business person. So therefore, I was thinking about starting own agency and then I was like, oh, that's just a lot of stuff. And then I ended up talking to another agent I know and they said, oh, you can't be as creative as you want to be. It's really hard because you have a different hat. Like you are the business side of like, this is your business so i was like oh either i'm gonna be a literary agent at some other business or i'm gonna start my own and therefore i was like hey i'm going editorial i'm gonna start my own business i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna be able to read lots of books i'm gonna be able to help the people I want to help i'm gonna Be a sounding board. I'm going to brainstorm ideas. I'm going to take all this stuff I learned as a literary agent and apply it to editing. You know, like I'm always going to have the eye for business or what's going to sell. Like I'm going to take what I know and I'm going to apply it here.
0: So now you're uh, kind of following your heart and doing what you everything you loved about literary agenting without the stuff that you didn't.
1: Yes, that is true. I am definitely involved in like like reading lots of things, and I actually am doing coaching now. I'm writing coach. So you can come to me, and I'm basically like an agent without agenting. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't have to do your contract. I'm not looking at your word statements. I'm not like doing following up with the editors. I'm not like doing subs for you. But I will look at like your your agenting list, and I'll. I pretty much know like more than the average freelance editor and I know like I have access that your average freelance editor might not, so I can use that and help you and therefore I do. Like I am Mr. Rogers.
0: <laughs> so so um, what, uh, what types of projects are you looking to work with if somebody's hearing this and this? Uh, Amy Tipton sounds amazing. And, and you, because you are, uh, how do I get my work in front of her and, and how do I uh, and how do I get her to work with me? what What is it that you're looking for?
1: Well, I just started out, so I'm not like necessarily picking or choosing like a lot. Um, I'm known as a really picky person. and I am picky when I'm working with you as your writing coach is like be your agent without agenting. Like I will three months do that for you. And therefore I'm looking for the stuff I used to do as an agent. Like I was known for reality-based, girl-centric YA. So I'm really interested in doing that. But I also have done like big adult books. Like Kathy Cooperman is doing really well with her adult audience, she's of Amazon, and her her first book is amazing, it's called Crimes Against a Book Club, and it's almost like Weeds, in a way, like that show Weeds, where, yeah, it's kind of like that meets the Music Man, like, it's all about, like, these two women that go into business together that form, like, a company but it's kind of a shady company because they deal with the fraud and illicit things so yeah i'm not saying i like shady things
0: but (laughs) we all like shady things occasionally
1: i'm really into like dark thrillers i'm really into mysteries i'm really into like these random women that outside of like your average, like, they want the perfect boyfriend. They want kids. They're looking for this. I want like women that are well-rounded that are thinking outside the box that have goals other than your boyfriend or going to prom or getting into that size true dress. I want women that live full lives like that's why i'm most interested in reading about so i'm here to help those ladies
0: and what uh, what is the best way for writers again who are hearing this and saying sign me up i, I want to work with amy tipton what's the best way for them to reach out to you and to get in touch
1: I would say reach out by email, bellgirlbooks at gmail.com. You can also reach me, like, I am very accessible, very communicative. I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Tumblr. Like, you can reach me through my website, amy-tipton.com i am open and receptive to everyone and anyone like i will talk your face off basically and i'll send your meme <laughs>
0: <laughs> which will be uh, soothing hopefully after they get the editorial notes and like wait this book wasn't perfect oh, yeah no.
1: i'm pretty <laughs> like i care so much that's why i'm harsh like I am known as Mr. Rogers because I am nurturing, sure, I'm supportive, I care a lot about your book, but I'm also, I have an edge, like, I am going to be harsh on you, I'm going to focus on your critique, like, what needs to be fixed. Like. That's when you come to me and you want your book to be the best book it can be. So I'm there to help you fix it. I'm not there to tell you everything is great. I had to learn to soften my critique, and over the years, my critique has softened. I'll put smiley faces or what I like when I'm reading. I'll say, "Oh, this is great," but. I didn't used to, and I still don't have a mindset. Like, I have to make myself tell you, oh, this is working, this is good, because that is also helpful feedback. I just, I don't know, in my mind, I never saw it as helpful. Like, I just assumed, oh, that's good, move on. Like, we're looking, we're focusing on things that actually need fixing and I'm here to fix it. You know, like I'm your book doctor or whatever,
0: you know, That makes sense when I uh, meet with uh, my editors or my critique partners and and we sit down and we we, we have a firm rule that we start one round with say, everybody say positive things about the project, say what you like because the next round is gonna be devastating. And I get impatient through that first round. Like, yeah, 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 I know it's good. I wrote it, I like it, tell me what's not good.
1: Exactly, (laughs) that's why I am as a writer. I wouldn't tell like writing colleges and for schooling, I am really big on like reading my work, but tell me what's wrong with it. Because yes, I know I can write. I know that this part is good. I know my character is doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like let's get on with it. I went to Naroba too. And that also is like, like a weird experience. <laughs> Because everyone there is like really positive and very woo woo, like where yeah, like girl girl books came out of a dream. Like I know that sounds woo woo and crazy, and I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that I haven't done like some meditation. I haven't lit incense, but I swear. I'm not this woo-woo person. There's
0: no judgment here. I've asked my last uh, three guests whether or not they believe in flying saucers. I've decided that's gonna be (laughs) one of my new things. In fact, (laughs) while I'm thinking about it, Amy Tipton, do you believe in flying saucers or have you seen one?
1: No, I haven't seen one. I, I don't know if I believe, but I'm like, I leave, 1% 1% or whatever i say i'm sure 99.9% positive that some things do not exist but i'm always going to leave that 1 that 0.1% or whatever because i don't know i don't know anything really like who am i to say they don't exist or aliens haven't come to this like this planet and seen us and left because we are not so great
0: let me uh, get us right back on track but uh, sooner or <laughs> later i promise esteemed audience i'm going to ask that question sooner or later we're going to have an episode where somebody says not only have do i believe in them but i've seen one let me tell you the full story of my encounter and that's going to be exciting for all of us <laughs> Um, so people who are hearing this, who are getting all fired up, uh, they know how to get in touch with you. Uh, they know that obviously, um, while you are going to sprinkle in some praise, you're going to shoot them straight. You're going to give them honest feedback that they can use and apply to make their book better. Don't call it. Some girls are just, what a, what a terrible title. Oh, Courtney, oh. what were you thinking? Thank God uh, for Amy Tipton to, to cut off that last word. Um, what, uh, what services can the or not? What services? What, uh, what, how would you describe the experience that a writer that reaches out to you can look forward to? What's that relationship going to be like?
1: It depends on what the writer wants. Like I offer, yeah, I offer services like developmental reads on Tumblr. I do an idea week, which I really need to get back on. I have not done. uh, I have ideas, people. I'm an idea person. So i put out like what I would like to see. As a literature, agent, I put out all these ideas and said, hey, this is what I'm looking for. Like, these are the stories. And like, I'm not seeing them. So I was like, this is what I want. And it's kind of a manuscript wish list. And I've continued that on like, doing putting out these ideas and they are half price on my service list and i will do a huge developmental read for you like that is my favorite kind of read like i am looking at plot i'm looking at character i'm looking at dialogue i'm reading everything for you like from beginning to end like we're going through the whole thing and I'm gonna give you my entire opinion. You'll get notes on uh, like line edits. You're gonna be to fix things for you. Like, is your quotation off? Do you need to call me here? I'm gonna do that. Like as a read, I don't skip over anything because that's annoying. I, I can't let that go. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm gonna fix it and like that is offered as a service I will also read portions as a service like your short stories your essays if you have 50 pages like your first three chapters you want done I'm gonna read the same way and I'm not a copy editor by any means but I offer a late copy edit like I will do that for you per, it's based on an hour, like an hourly rate, like I do mostly flat fees on like my reads, but if you want like a copy edit or if you want a consultation like with your stuff list, if you've done all the homework, you know your project, you know it best, you set yourself up for like the best you can be. So you have already like researcher agents and you have a huge list and you want me to look at the list and tell you, no, don't go to so-and-so, go here. That's using the knowledge I had as an agent, as a literary agent. Um, I'm using that Knowledge in my editing business, you know, like offering consulting, and say, with the writing coach, like I will for three months be your agent. Like I'll read, and I will read your revision. I'll talk to you about like other ideas for other books that you might have in the future. Like I, I will take your two a.m. emails." when you're complaining about how so-and-so is a bestseller and you're not even, like, close to finishing your book, like WTF, right? (laughs) Like, I'm there for you. I'm good
0: for you. you. There is not an amount of money you could pay me to take those emails.
1: (laughs) As an agent, I'm really nice, and I took them all the time. So I figure, hey, I'm going to do this. And it's fine, like I've used to it. I'm very like nice <laughs> in some ways. I might give you a harsh critique and I may real talk with you a lot or whatever, but I am a really supportive, nurturing person. I will take your 2 a.m. meal. I will like talk to you about your ideas. I will talk branding with you. I will like brainstorm. I will be your sounding board. I'll even talk like character names. Like anything you want. I'm your best, to so use me in any capacity. And that's how I was as an agent. Like when you talk about Courtney versus Amy, um, like I did everything. Like Courtney is more of a, like I bounce ideas off. I would read and reread and reread like as much uh, or as little as she wanted and Amy it's like she didn't need me to read and reread and balance ideas back and forth she wanted me to like talk to her editor for her. she wanted like me to do the business side that i don't really like doing now. I'm an editor. I chose this life basically because I'm not a suit. I'm not an accountant. I'm not like a lawyer. I don't want to look at contracts. I don't want to look at your royalties. I want to just read. I just want you to come to me. I want to put your best book forward. I want to help you succeed. And that's what I'm doing with Feral Girl Books. I love what I'm doing right now. I love it.
0: Shows. I can hear it in the way that you talk about it, how excited and enthusiastic you are. (laughs) Of course, I want to make sure I work in there just because I, I I don't wanna, don't wanna miss the moment. Um, are you, I know obviously your background is primarily working with traditionally published authors. Are you working now with indie published authors as well? Oh,
1: I will work with all kinds of authors, like indie published that self-published, right? So huh? I'll work with like you and your goal. Like if you tell me what you want, I will work with you on it. Like I will help you achieve those things. If you want, I will talk to you about those ideas and how to brand. I'm not good at marketing because I didn't have that background. Like that's more of a publishing background. But I'll support you and I will help you come up with ideas. I mean, Courtney had to the girls, like hashtag to the girls for all the rage or whatever when it came out. And that was her idea. That wasn't, see Martin, that was her. She's very business savvy. She's very like on the ball because the things like that, and, you know, I will talk to you about things like that and I'll support you. I will do 100%. I think I did to the girls like, 10 or more times, like, I have something to say, because, like, that's who I am, like, this is my background, and, like, I am a feminist, I am a female, I'm gonna support you doing to the girls, because if I had that advice when I was younger, like, yeah, I would probably be a
0: better person. <laughs> well, I think we're uh, the world's getting better one generation at a time. So we're doing the best we can presently, and hopefully the next generation will be even better.
1: Exactly.
0: Or it'll okay. be terrible, and we'll die off, and it won't bother us. So let me uh, let me ask you this: what um, oh, what's the best way to, to let me ask you? Just a basic question. I'm always asking: What are the most common mistakes that you're seeing authors make? Where do you find that um, that you're spending most of your time editing and coaching authors to?
1: You know, that every author is different, but I'm finding like a lot of authors. Even when I was agenting, they this was a problem. Like authors withhold a lot of information, and so they're like oh, they have the big twist or reveal at the end. And I think of it more as your Scooby-Doo moment, you know, like taking off the mask and it's like some random person you had no idea it was even possible to be like the culprit is. And you're like, um, no, who's this gas station attendant that is now like your killer? because that's unfair it's like you cannot as reader read that story from the beginning to the end play detective because that's fun like figuring out like who it might be and if it's some random person you're never gonna be able to guess and to me that is lazy storytelling Like i think that you have to care about the victims you have to care about the narrator and you have to care about the culprit and if you're doing something so random like no one's gonna get and no one's gonna care and they're gonna get mad and no one wants your next book that's just a terrible terrible idea and you don't know not all of your information is gonna be important at the end, or it's gonna tell you that, I don't know, it's gonna hint at like, like what the big reveal is like, it's not not okay to hold back all of the information. You should probably pepper it throughout your book because, if you're holding it back like no one's gonna get to the end of your book no one's gonna care if they're who Juan is if they don't like you you need to tell us the beginning or whatever maybe in the middle who Juan is and if he was adopted or the long-lost brother of so-and-so I mean, give your reader a fighting chance to like figure things out because that's gonna be clever. It's not clever if you withhold that info. It's not, it's lazy, it's bad rating, and it's not fun. It's really frustrating.
0: There is a best-selling mystery novelist who I I try never to author shame, so I won't say his name even though he's really famous. Uh, and I, he'd, he'd written a series uh, about a, a detective that I really enjoyed, but he got to one book and he was trying to launch into a new series. So the detective got, um, I think, blown up, but he was out for the count for a little while. But it was a first person narrative. So we switched to the first person narrative of two new detectives. And one of those detectives went on to star in her other series. And the other detective, who in the first person tried to solve the mystery until the the last couple of chapters, then revealed himself to be the killer. And I threw the book across the room and I said, no, you knew the whole time, yeah, exactly. you liar. That's not okay. <laughs>
1: exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's not fair if you don't give us hints or if you don't tell us you can do twisty ends and you can do big reveals and it's fun and like i enjoy being shocked i've seen like so many movies i've read so many books i enjoy a really good mystery i enjoy when i feel like surprised at like the end because most of the time i'm not surprised like I knew it's the sixth sense that the guy died. I knew Bruce Willis was dead from the get go because he told you he died, you saw him get shot. I knew, I mean, it's clever. It was really well done. And that was an amazing book, or uh, amazing movie, sorry. But um, like, I think you have to have like clues like that. You have to be able to put two and two together in order for something like this to be read and be seen and figured out and be shocked. And you have to really invest your time in these characters, in this plot. You have to care. And if you're withholding information, if you're telling people that, oh no, that's gonna come the end, it's like no one's gonna read to the end. I mean, I yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. and that's that's a harsh truth. Like editors are really like picky about what they're picking up and what they're reading and what they're even publishing you're not going to get published if you're not good enough and that just simply isn't good enough you need to be able to be a master of your craft and withholding information is not being masterful
0: that's also i'm sure true of um genres outside of of mysteries if you're doing romance it has to make sense that these two people would be right for each other and the characters have to be consistent
1: yes yes exactly i'm just thinking mysteries because they're so big and like it's what i've been reading a lot and that's the big pitfall is like figuring out these characters lives and um, like who's doing the killing basically, who's doing whatever it is, you know. So. Well, a
0: theory of mine, and it is just a theory, but I I, I teach writing workshops, uh, which you can sign up for at Um, And I'm uh, always trying to instill in people, if you're gonna spend your resources on editing, uh, look to spend at least 40, 50% of your time in those first 50, first 75 pages, then make sure you get your, your middle and spend some time on the ending. But that ending sells the next book. If you don't get it, yes. if you don't hook your reader and get him in right there at the, at the start, yes. like you said, you don't have to worry about the ending.
1: Exactly. I think Mickey plane. He's like, obviously I don't know if your readers know about him, but he was like that crime novelist with this detective, my camera. He said, your opening will sell the, the book but the ending will sell your next book. And I totally believe that. Like, yes, you have to hook your readers. The first like 50 pages your opening has to be like a ton of work. Like you have character, you have dialogue, you have to introduce us, you have to build your world. You have to introduce us to everything there is. And ending is just as important as like your first, your opener hooks the reader to like want to read more and continue reading your last, your last line, your last chapter, whatever. Like make the reader want to continue reading you. You can't like not have a good opener and a good closer. You have to have both.
0: Well, especially now that uh, we're in the age that we're in i uh, would say there's never been a better time to be an author because uh here i am i'm in indiana you're in oregon and we're having this conversation and we can reach anybody in the world right now if we are of a mind to um but that means that your readers have got more pressures for their time than ever before and i'm reading a fair amount of my books right here on the old smartphone just because it's always in my pocket uh, and if I get to the end of your chapter and I'm not compelled, I'm not interested, I've got all my email there. I've got my Twitter feed there. Yeah. Uh, I've got all of social media. I, if you lose me, you might lose me forever in any given chapter.
1: Yeah. And I kind of like, because I was an Asian and because editors are, are reading like all the time. And so it's, we, we kind of know within like the first line, the first however many pages, like 10 pages, if we're going to continue reading. I know that's really unfair because some stories actually don't start until 50 pages in. Maybe that's like the beginning, but I'm always telling readers maybe like, less is more like maybe you need to learn to cut your first five pages and cut the ending because like you i don't think like a lot of writers know what is a good start what is a good end um i really like starting at in action like having most of the backstory be your back story like probably you're starting this happened then this happened then this happened Uh, to to get to the point where you actually are starting the story and like where it's interesting uh you don't need the whole this 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 have that in background have that like have her mention it like or have him mention it but it doesn't need to be seen you know like we can start at page 50 or 75 and you can mention everything or do flashbacks and have the character like acknowledge these things happen to them uh, to get at this point, but we don't, as reader, need to be bogged down with this information, you know.
0: Let me uh, ask you about dialogue uh, versus description, because this is a constant bait of mine of trying to figure out what is the right amount of um, dialogue to description, Uh, how much time should I spend on body language describing the room past a certain point? We've all been to a bar. Tell me a couple of maybe distinct details about it and then let's move on. What is a good rule of thumb for you or what do you recommend that your writers do?
1: I don't really have a ratio or whatever for for that. Um, I think it's largely intuitive. I think that you like every project is different so therefore it's like it's up to you like what do you think do you want pacing to be fast do you want it to be slow because if you want to slow your pacing down you would give more description you would give more like internal dialogue and thought and you would process these things and if you were looking for like a heart pounding like to, like part of your story or description or whatever you're going to have more dialogue, you're gonna cut, you're gonna have these fragmented sentences you're gonna want th- faster you know, but if you want to like slow it down you're gonna describe so really it's up to you like how much you want for certain scenes It's like, what's your intention for that part of the story?
0: So if we're at a a space where the conflict is rising and we need to get to the next scene, then hurry it up, cut everything but the absolute essentials to get there. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like, make it punchy, make it choppy. Like, like, I would say, yeah, you're not necessarily like wanting to cut everything because you still want, he said, she said, they said you want like the modifiers because you don't want to confuse your reader. And yeah, maybe we've all been to the bar. So uh, like maybe you can have one or two distinguishing factors, or he could say like she shifted on her bar seat or something or bro stool or whatever. Um, so work
0: that description into an action yeah. so you're getting two for the price of one yes month.
1: exactly work it in make it work for the team. like tell us but you don't have to like go into detail because we've all been there you know we all know we've been there a million times
0: I'm chuckling because it's a middle grade show and I, I was going for a common uh commonplace we've all been i could have said classroom i could have said zoom nope straight to bar oh, <laughs> <laughs> well amy i want to be respectful of your time so i'm going to narrow this down to just two more questions and then we'll call it a day right. um, but a question that uh, plagues me i'm going to ch- i have some questions for you about imagery and some other stuff let's check that stuff something that bugs me in a book uh, is when a character sits and things, and it's usually because we've just had a bunch of action to pull us into the story, and now they've got to deliver some backstories. So the character will sit down, and or they're, they're not literally sitting and thinking. Maybe they're doing dishes. They're doing some activity where the main purpose of that is for them to have thoughts about the backstory that we need to know or whatever we need to understand for the scene. What's the best way to give those types of scenes life and a way to to eliminate them?
1: Well, it depends. Oh, like, what do you mean by keeping life?
0: Um, if I've got a character that's uh, sitting and thinking um, about backstory or something we need to know, or I you do know, she was looking at her phone. Her mother was calling. Do I want to talk to my mom? Here's all the bad things that happened between me and my mom that you need to know before I pick up the phone and have this conversation. And maybe that goes on for a half a page or a page, and it drives me nuts because that's all stuff that's happened i want stuff moving that's uh, yeah yeah. i
1: I get what you mean um i'm the same way i'm like oh i'm reading like two pages before you pick up that phone because this happened that this happened no it's the same thing like i think you should incorporate like like your your dialogue and your imagery and your description. I know it's a tall order. I know that it's overwhelming and that's why you need an editor like me to help you like figure things out because for me I'm just like a person. I have no idea. Like I don't know anything but when I read it like I can see it. Like I know what needs to be done or what needs to be cut. It's really hard to sit here and tell you like what you should be doing because I don't know until I look at those pages in front of me and say, oh, this, this part should be here and move this here. And like, I'm really all about like big picture development to read, like, oh, cut page 90 let's move 88 to page one or chapter one and people get freaked out and they're like oh my god my whole thing my my whole book is gone oh i I know
0: that feeling oh it hurts
1: (laughs) i'm sure it does but it's gonna make your book stronger i don't go into reading thinking like i'm gonna make a really bad book like, that doesn't happen. And I know that you as a reader have, like, maybe you're fearful or whatever, but you shouldn't be. Like, you're in really good hands. I'm gonna take care of you. And yeah, I know it's scary to move chapter 1 to 88 or 88 to 1 or whatever. Um, But, like, I'm going to read with you in mind. Like, I know your career goals, what the time you've talked. I know what you want to get from point A to point B. And I'm going to help you get the point A to point B. Like, I don't know the correct answer right off the top of my head right now to help you. But, like, her... Unacceptable.
0: I want you to give me the one piece of advice that will make all of my writing (laughs) excellent forever. Well like, From
1: her picking up the phone to so like, yeah, I think it's annoying too to have two pages of description. So I do want, maybe you don't put those two pages of description. Maybe I've known beforehand some of her problems with her mom before she picks up the phone or doesn't pick up the phone. So before. It don't info dump don't put like all this information between the phone call and her picking up the phone like don't do that like pepper it throughout your story like don't give me all this info make it happen just like i said don't withhold information till the end because it drives you nuts like take your info and put it throughout the story so we are aware. We already know these problems exist. And so you don't have to have two pages between explaining. And she doesn't have to think maybe it's a paragraph. Well, that's how I feel.
0: <laughs> it makes sense. I want you to come to my next critique group because there's a couple of authors in, in, in specific I have this advice in mind for. Or I'm just going to play this because I've been saying this for a couple of sessions now. I'm just going to have Amy tip to tell you what I said and then we'll be in good shape. Uh, last question for you. What, um, if there was one bit of advice uh, that you wish every writer could hear that you'd like to impart to every writer who might be watching or listening, what advice would you give them? Man
1: i would say write as you speak like to make a dialogue feel real right as you would speak maybe not do as much like i say like way too much hello california pal girl. <laughs> but um i would say what like, these complex situations are complex ideas that you have need simple explanations like don't be afraid to say i was adopted or whatever you know like put it out there tell us don't like withhold the info for a leader tell us point blank do it simple it's better don't use these ten dollar words that you learned in like college because like if your character doesn't speak that way it sounds weird it sounds forced it sounds unnatural it doesn't sound believable write it the way you speak read your work out loud like that is the best way if you read out loud to yourself you're gonna notice pacing you're gonna get like misspellings yeah you're gonna catch what needs because that's really like the best advice i can give you and you know like you read everything read quietly
0: yes oh my god yes that's that's my uh, mantra for the show uh <laughs> writers need to read get out there read I could uh, ask you a million questions and if I don't stop myself I will (laughs) because I want to pick your brain all day. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for making the time to do this. thank you. Thank you. And everyone listening, please uh, check in at amy-tipton.com. Please, those of you who want your books to be made better, reach out to Amy and Feral, uh, Feral Girl Books. Uh, and, and, and uh, find out more about her services and what she can do to help you out. Uh, as always, check me out at MiddleGradeNinja.com. Don't forget to download your free copy of Banneker Bones and the Giant Robot Bees. If you like it, uh, leave a review. That's very thoughtful of you. I so appreciate it. Uh, Amy, we've been doing a sign-off phrase, and I've been making other people say it. The sign-off phrase is, hi and what have you. Will you sign off for us? What do I say? Uh, Hiya, and what have you. Hiya, (laughs) and what have you. Perfect, very ninja-like. We'll see you guys (laughs) next time. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thank you, Amy.